Hello everyone, before we get started, don't forget to subscribe, click on that notification bell, like, dislike, comment, let us know what you're thinking. You could also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, today, on the Angel of Words podcast, we have Northeast Regional Manager of Carefree Insurance, Mr. Kareem Reeves, coming to drop the knowledge about Medicare on deck on the Angel of Words podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Angel of Words podcast. And today we will be talking Medicare with Mr. Kareem Reeves, the Northeastern Regional Sales Manager for Carefree Insurance and the man who will put us on to what Medicare means, because I know a lot of y'all get a little confused sometimes. Mr. Kareem Reeves, thank you for joining us today here, my brother. I really appreciate your presence. I have a lot of confusion. I have some old people in my family, you know, older people in my family that want to know about this situation. You know, they're tired of being confused. People are calling them. There's $184 missing from their check. They want to know what that means. <laughs> well, first of all, Andrew, thank you so much for having me on, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm really um, appreciative and uh, grateful to be a part of this platform tonight. Um, if I could add some clarity and uh, help uh, one person, I always say, uh, you know, my job is well done. First question is like, you know, who's eligible for Medicare? You know, how does that work? And, you know, why do, you know, what is part A, B, C, D, E, F, G? No, it's only part A, B, C, D. But, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's confusing, yeah. you know? Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's break it down. So for Medicare, uh, who's eligible? So anybody who is a citizen who has worked 10 years, 40 quarters, or a legal permanent resident. I know it seems scary nowadays because the first time I have a green problem, uh, what we have going on, as I call the virus medicine, the White House, people get nervous. Uh, myself and Andrew, we can definitely relate to that working as a vital, as a vital statistics when uh, 2016, you know, that's what happened here in 2017, when we saw a boom of people trying to get their information. Now, there's four parts. Um, let's continue with the whole 40 quarters, 10 years, paid into the system. Uh, meaning it's some security or like a payment that you can actually receive it. So you get part A automatically if you meet that criteria and you have that age or a disability. Now people forget, if you ever see somebody who in their 50s on Medicare, when that person was deemed um, disabled and they were uh, disabled for 24 months at least, uh, and continue where they couldn't work and they've been receiving disability payment, after that 24 months, that person is able to get Medicare. And then, you know, they will get their blue and white card. Uh, back then, at some point, they used to have a social. They changed it back in 18, where you actually have an ID number. And it has the dates from where you're being eligible for your Part A and eligible for your Part B. Now, with that being said, um, that person gets it, they have it, and voila, I have Medicare. I made it to that benchmark. 65 plus, so I'm going to stay more. Unfortunately, this is what happened. Um, I can go to the doctor, right? Yeah, you can. But here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that Medicare only pays for 80% of your cost. Now, 
things that happen by the facility, first uh, kinds of blood and so forth. But again, at only 80%, that's when it's kind of left here. Now, we all know hospital visits can be extremely expensive, but let's just put it in layman's terms. You go to the hospital, you're there for a day. Um, every day you're there, it's $100, right? You're there for five days. So it's $500. So Medicaid is only paying for 80% of that. That's more than 20% is coming out of your pocket. And unfortunately, most of us as seniors, as uh, we age, we're not working anymore. We're on a fixed income. You know, you might have a pension. Uh, social, uh, you're, um, you're getting your Social Security payment. You know, maybe if you had a phone, you can because a lot of companies didn't have that anymore. I know a lot of companies don't have pensions like they used to anymore. So whatever you're getting, that's it. You can't go work on extra hours most of the time because that's it if you're not working. Unfortunately, we're starting to see more teens work because they can't afford it. Uh, part B. Now, here's the thing about Part B, which is kind of one of the reasons I think you have this thing. So a lot of people, you know, you get Part B, but you pay for it. Well, where does that money come from? That money comes out of your Social Security check. You know, that, like you say, you like that $184, you know, coming out of that's what it's covering. It's covering your part B cost. Now, for some individuals, based on what they are financially, as far as um, what's happening with their Social Security, it's income thresholds and guidelines, and they can actually fall into where you know it could be paid for. But most of us don't have that because you know, based on what we received in our Social Security payments, you know, we we kind of over that threshold. We used to have the saying. I don't know if you remember saying, Andrew. That in order for you to get something free uh, from the government, you got to be living on someone's couch. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's kind of one of the things. But, you know, again, it's hope because sometimes if the government, you don't fall into that category for the government, the state might be able to make up something for you. Now, we're going to talk about what A, what B, because most people qualify for A, and some people, they understand they have to pay for B. Then they opt out of paying for B. Then if they try to join a health plan, they get penalties. And we'll get deeper into that as we go into the presentation. But just to let you know, part A and part B combined make up what we know as original Medicare. You see all the commercials, like, oh, this, this plan pays more than what a original Medicare. So original Medicare is called Medicare Free for Service. All right? So And for those who don't understand, there's two types of worlds that insurance has, how payments are done. Um, fee for service meaning you go in, you get something done, you pay a fee for that service, then it's adaptation, which is the amount of people that doctors have as their um, patients, as they're called but for insurance services, we call them their um, subscribers because that um, that's subscribers to that. Well, subscribers to the plan, but for the um, doctors, they would be again their patients, I guess you could say that that are on their panel for their panel members, all right, and. They don't pay every month for that number, a flat rate, and it's capitated because as the insurance carriers are paid them for the amount of people that they have underneath the insurance company as their patients. The part C, uh, that's, you know, the Medicare Advantage or the Medicare Advantage. So let's say uh, I'm 65, and I look good, right? Thanks. Uh, I'm working. <laughs> you do look great for 65, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, I'm working it out. Uh, yeah. And I'm retired. I worked for, uh, let's say, the city of New York, right? And I get a phone call, and one of these people like, hey, we have this Advantage plan. You know, you might want to check it out. Uh, I 
like, well, what is that? Well, this will help you with your 20%. What do you mean? Well, the advantage plans come in and they say, okay, well, you know, you don't have uh, a doctor that you're seeing. You're like, oh, I do, Dr. Blackwell. Okay, well, Dr. Blackwell might be in on that work. But if not, we can get you plans to do different formats. And we'll break that down. HMO advantage plans and PPOs are an advantage plan. Which one can be good for you? But you take an advantage plan, like one of the categories, emblem or a, um, a metro plus or something like that that is a complete plan uh, and with those complete plans they do give you something that medicare by itself doesn't give you uh which you know besides covering that 20 percent uh you might get vision you might get death which you don't get people uh, service medicare uh and then you have prescription now let's skip over c and we'll come back to it but we're going to talk about what d now what d is Prescription drug plan PDP. The P prescription drug plan uh, PDP. Now, what that is is that uh, you know sometimes, unfortunately, as we got older, uh, the society has gotten sick. Uh, we find out a lot of us are taking medication that we never had to take before: blood pressure medication, diabetes medications, uh, medication, cholesterol. Some of our seniors even taking anxiety medication because you know. Things have changed so much in our society, they've gotten older, and they're like, well, what are you going to do? Um, now, Part D is mandatory that you take that. This was something that happened in uh, 2006 under President George W. Bush, uh, where he had that prescription drug that and this was dug right into it. So, what happens is a lot of times when people come and, and they might not, they'll be like, I'm fine with just my, my uh, Part A and B. I don't want to take any of these forgotcha plans or something like that. I don't know where the Vagacha word came from, but you know when people say crazy stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they don't want to take that stuff, right? But, my lord, you have to take it from the deep because um, if you don't, there's no, you know, something you pay for. And I actually recently signed up a person myself, even though in my capacity, I couldn't really keep that patient I had a password agent. But um, I signed a person, um, they were like, hey, I don't take medication, but I got sick one time and I used it because I had to get um some penicillin. Uh, the person was a vet, and we're going to touch on how like some of the veterans don't understand. Like even when you have your veteran benefit, you still have Medicare because you're in the nursing. You still can have a advantage plan or a med or something like that to help you because vets always saw the veteran stuff takes care of me, but that only works when you go to the VA hospital. You can't use that as a regular hospital. You get and built for your regular Medicare, and you have that by itself. You still got to pay that. That comes to you. So we'll, we'll touch into that. But same situation that Medicare Part A and Part D only goes to the vet uh, facility, but he had to take a Part D plan. And if you don't, you get penalized for that. And that's only like when you do stuff on the plan that has that sort of stuff out into it, and then you get penalized. And it's like 1% of the rate for what the actual rate of Part D would be. And I was just like, damn, it's really confusing for old people. But at the end of the day, it's money that they should have come out of their pocket for because they weren't educated. And that's what we're here for. So let's go back to Part C. So most advantage plans do have drugs called out, prescription drug plans, the dental plan, the vision Now, instead of you paying that 20%, what they do is they give you a copay. Now, depending on the ranges of the copayments for those uh, advantage plans, 
depending on the level that you get. Now, HMO level um, is a lower tier level, meaning that it's only the network of providers that are able that you're able to see. Now, if your doctor happens to not to be in that network, then it's one of two things that happens. Either they want actually to see if you're going to change the doctor, which a lot of people don't. Because when you get to a certain age, and especially like myself, my doctor that I got one was pretty young. So I know I'm going to have this new for a while. You know, like, you know, we work well together. You know, he's like, hey, you got to diet more, you got to do this, you do that, we got to work the game plan, we get it. You know, he had me back in the gym doing my thing. And I'm like, the gym's closed. I got 80 pounds of weight in the house. I'm not doing much, but you know what? Stay committed to it. You know, you, you do what you have to do. So yeah. they don't want to do that. Or um, some plants do have a PPO option. You know, now, it um, almost seems like a dirty word, self maintenance organization, but it's just really, you know, it means uh, a smaller network of those doctors and have access to the club. Now, uh, PPO, uh, uh, physicians, uh, it's a provider uh, post uh, operation, with it meaning that anybody kind of within the plans, like say for instance, you have a PPO with uh, a plan. So some of those providers can take it. I had an incident, I had a PPO, I uh, went into the hospital. The hospital network wasn't part of the, uh, the network that my PPO worked with. But they still paid out what rate that they'll pay, with the understanding that the rest of it was impossible. But then, in some instances, like some of the larger areas, their PPO encompasses the larger areas. So, meaning that, uh, well, we'll look at a plan like that, for instance, that has a PPO that they can use nationwide. So, like if I, uh, like I said, 65 year old, I'm going to go see my grandchildren in the state, I'm going to be there for. As long as I let them know that I'm going to be here for a couple of months or so forth, and I'll, I'll get that provider um, that I want to utilize out there change to someone within that network. So it'll travel with you? Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the good thing about them. But that's just uh, one carrier's CPO. Some carrier people work a little differently, but I was just okay. giving an example. Uh, and then we go into the other thing where we'll talk about the Medigaps and the Medsums, where a lot of people take those because they are snow birders meaning that they live here for a certain amount of time and live somewhere else. And the way those med subs are set up is that whoever takes traditional Medicaid usually will take that med sub. They pay them at the same fee service rate. But a lot of the med subs, sometimes, depending on what plans they get into, you have to add a uh, prescription plan, some of them, vision and density. So, but those are for people who have a little bit more money and they travel on it, so you can travel with those medicines a little bit more. So we'll look at a situation, like you said, first thing, when they say, well, well, what are the A, B, and C? And if I have all of them together, what is that? Well, A, B, C is complete, meaning if you have your partner, your partner, you have your advantage plan, and some of them have prescription of drugs called down and down, and some of them don't. But I gotta let people understand, and sometimes even agents, because we had this question come up on one of the tests that you have to take in order for you to be certified as a Medicare agent. Um, when they say Medicare, uh, you know, Part C or the uh, the Advantage plans, a lot of people only think about one acronym: MAPD, Medicare Advantage Prescription Drug. Right? But an Advantage plan can be 
savings account. It can be an 1876 Medicare cost plan or just a regular Medicare cost plan. I'm not going to get into those because they get really confusing, and some of those cost plans certain states they phase out no no it's all it's all okay. you know we we appreciate that you know but you know you you mentioned um you know the part b situation and there's a lot of programs that people don't know about when it comes to you know having a a, a diverse uh, option of of, of, mm-hmm. of abilities to help you pay for that part b coverage well there's the thing so what happens is we talk about that like when, when individuals get below a certain threshold for their, uh, their social security payment. Maybe you work a lot of low-paying jobs and you've had your 20 quarters in your 10 years, but your payout isn't enough. Because uh, a lot of times people uh, get um, MAPD or and they can't afford the medication payments and so forth. Or they can't afford to pay the Part D. So there's things that a lot of people don't know about, about low-income subsidies. So um, when you have Michael subsidies, you have to apply for it. If you have an agent that you're working with that's uh, really diverse in, in this industry and knows what they're doing, they will help you apply for Michael subsidies. And then sometimes even when you do think you fall below, it's like just a few dollars over. And then you're like, damn, you know. But then there's the state programs, the PADS, and, you know, the CPAS people don't know what they can get. And I'll touch on that a little bit more. So let's say for like, um, you know, state of New York, you have a plan like Epic that, you know, people can apply for to assist them with paying for their medications because they can't pay for it. Um, you might just fall underneath that level for the government and you're still going to have to pay your Part B. But like if you're taking a diabetes medication and some of those things are high tier level and let me break down a tier level this with prescription drug plans, you have uh, five tiers, four to five tiers, depending on which company you're working with. Uh, tier one drugs are usually generic and free. Uh, tier two drugs sometimes are generic, uh, sometimes are name brand, low cost because another medication might have came out and it brought the price down of that drug, like a Genuvia or something like that. Uh, and then like the three and the four are like the drugs that are like uh, name brand, top price, and based on the amount of money that you have for the prescription drug carriers that you have, usually like $6,700 a Senate. But that's where you hear the terms like the donut hole and stuff like that because you do a lot of a certain amount of money for these medications. And then as that money runs out, you fall into that donut hole where um, the carrier isn't going to pay that much for it. And then based on um, if it's a, which is the, the less of the two evils. So if it's... Um, Generic, um, they'll pay fifty uh, percent. No, they'll they'll pay like fifty percent. And then if it's name brand, uh, they'll pay a little more, or they'll set a certain rate that you have to pay for it. So, but you still have to come out of your pocket for it versus you having a small copayment or it being free. Um, we see that a lot with like diabetes patients because uh, the insulin costs are extremely high. Um, and then also with the insulin, if a person sees an endocrinologist, they put them on a stat because they have to stabilize the, the sugar spikes. And I know firsthand because I have a family member that had to deal with that stuff, and I kind of have to like go through all of it. And then there's programs that some of your carriers that you work with that have you on these drug course things that help you. Um, that I 
kind of how to find out. And I've been in healthcare for 19 years, and I was like, wow. I didn't know some of these programs existed. Um, and then I was like, wait a minute, I did. But we just never came across them as we were going through. So even sometimes, as long as I've been in this industry, there's certain things that I forget. And then when I started having a phone call, I was like, yeah, hey, we can do all this stuff in our training. We know these things happen. And then we got the person set up. We applied for it, and they looked at the medications that they were taking, and then we were like, all right, cool. We can get you in this program. We can help you. So outside of just the government programs, the carriers that you might take on, I actually have spin-down type programs or programs where you first come in and get assistance with these medications. Because truth be told, for insurance companies, they don't really want people to be sick because the sicker a person is, more money that they pay out. Think about like insurance in general. They're betting, like life insurance, they're betting they won't die, right? Uh, health insurance is betting that you don't get sick. So they want you to see the doctor more. They want you to get more treatment. And they want you to probably take less medication and then have more time. So, um, but when you're really sick, they realize that hospitalization stays can be longer. So they're like, hey, let's try to get this person healthy. So there are programs within these companies. You can actually go and like Google different programs to, to for your parents. You know, let's say they're not technologically savvy. The, like yeah. the, 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 these are accessible situations. You just have to dig for them because they're not mm-hmm. going to let you know well, about. Not it. only that, not kind of really dig for them. Like don't be your agent, don't be your broker. Ask them. Now, Kareem, one more question before we move on to uh, you know, how you become a Medicare guru and. Thank you for all uh-huh. the information that you've, uh, you know, you've laced us with. Oh, I had a lot more. We've gone to the, the, the straight. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> you know unfortunately, we got time constraints over here with the Zoom. But no, but yeah, no. One thing I, I, would, I would like you to touch on, you know, CPAP and Medigap. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. also let us know if it's accurate that you could actually be a, your your own senior citizen's family member's caretaker. Like if there's, yeah. there's programs for that as well. Okay, so those okay, two so like, things, if you don't mind. Yeah. All right, no problem. So, like, with the CPAP plans, right, um, I think um, I was just using an example. Like, uh, we have a company called um, uh, uh, Americas, uh, which is a – it's an organization that is uh, what is known as a um, – God, what are those called? The uh, the, the CHAS, Certified Home Health Aid. So what happens is you have a child organization that will bring people into the fold. So I say, for instance, um, again, I'm 65. Uh, I'm in poor health. Uh, Andrew is my cousin who's younger. You know, I was like a big brother to him. Um, and he's not working right now. You know, so he can go to this, this child, this company, to receive that program. Because a few of them have that where they can actually train you and make you a licensed uh, certified nurse today. So what happens is now you work for that company and you can get my case and you're seeing that all over the place. It is true. But if that person has to be deemed that they score, that they can't do some of the active daily living, bathing, cooking, cleaning, stuff like that. So that person will go to this agency that is deemed uh, eligible to provide those trainings and then they can actually have you as a living. Because this person needs 24 hours care, you're living in there, you're being paid to take care of that family. So that is true. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't know how to do it. You will see these commercials, you think they're crazy, like, oh, that's ridiculous. Give them a call because it is true. 
but that family member has to support her. They have to have an assessment nurse come out to assess the situation and say, okay, this person needs that. And then you call the agency and you get involved and then you tell them this is the situation. You know, but again, make sure your stuff is clean because, you know, <laughs> a lot of people be like, yo, I'm going to use my, you know, my, my cousin, uh, my cousin Travis. And like, so, in other words, you cannot be a, a, a convicted felon if you're trying to no, get a job no, of this nature. Because <laughs> think about it, if you come up the street, and you go to one of the to be a certified. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna work, man. Uh, you know? you might have like, to work at Walmart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely what I'm saying. The people have to understand, like, yeah, you gotta got you, got you. They do the training, and of course they'll, you know, how to feed the people. Uh, you know, uh, uh, temperatures. Uh, Outside of the, the connection, the family connection, that person still is your patient. Because you have certified home health aides and certified nurses faithful in the homes who they, you know, they become part of the family. You know, like it, even when they're not part of the family sometimes, they do become part of the family because, you know, grandma still want to go to the cookout. You know, she still want to come to Kinsieta. What are you going to do? Nurses aide is there in the wheelchair and they make sure everything is cool. And she's feeding grandma, but she got a plate right here on the side. That is what it is. So that is true. A lot of people have um, accidents. Uh, they saw those uh, commercials and it was like, is that true? And I'm like, yes, it is true. Um, and then also, um, you have the caregiver programs that are out there. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's, um, I ran a plant in New York at one point, care for the family caregiver, um, you know, advocacy groups for caregivers. Um, because, you know, you have a lot of people who are not paid. Who have been doing it, and that's kind of why these things that came out because you have unpaid caregivers who were taking care of a family member, but guess what? They wasn't taking care of themselves. So you had a person who was running back and forth to the doctors, the hospitals, for them, but had some ailments and things like that that was going on. And then once, the, the, unfortunately, like the person they were taking care of might have passed on. A couple months later, they're gone too because they had some un, you know, checked ailments that they didn't take care of. So yeah, it's a lot. The Medigaps is just another name for med supplements, right? Okay. So um, what that is, is like, say, uh, for instance, um, you're not paying, um, you're paying out for the, the Medicare uh, sub. So like when you get for a um, MAPD plan, all you're paying is your Part B payment. That goes in, so nothing else is coming out of your pocket. But you might have a little bit of a higher income. And you want to utilize services in different places. Or you might not think that you're definitely going to really utilize it too much, but you know you'll pay for this plan. Um, you pay for the uh, Medigap that is called, and you will have um, hospitalization into it. Now the difference between an MAPD plan and like a Medigap and the uh, MedSub is that they pay your hospitalization outright because you're paying into the stuff monthly. Some of them range between like one fifty to like three, four hundred bucks a month. 
some of them do have prescription drugs and vision. Some of them don't. Now, a lot of folks get those if they're like sickly and they're making a lot of trips to the hospital. Now, what happens with the MAPD plan? Now, this is the thing that a lot of people who get into it don't realize, and the agents cover it. But I always feel like I always try to go over it a little bit more and I ask the person, like, hey, because now I can sell a subset of different things with my agents, agency. Um, you know, were you in the hospital a lot or did you pick yourself from? Because you really can't foresee that. But from days one through six, you're paying normally like $190 from days one through six when you're in the hospital. And a lot of folks is like, wait a minute. So, you know, it's damn near $200 a day for five days, six days. And then after the sixth day, the plan kicks in and pays for it, you know, 100% up to like 91 days. The problem is, is that the average hospital stays three days. So you do the math on that and you're like, damn, again, I'm on a fixed income. So where am I getting that money from, my kids? And that's the problem that a lot of people will take those med gap med stuff. Now, a uh, med gap, in a sense, like is uh, we'll call it what it is, hospital indemnity. So now I have a MAPD plan, right? And I know I might be prone to going to the hospital. And I know from days one through six, I'm looking at about $800, $900 in the hospital that I'm going to get billed for. But I've only been in the hospital five, six days. So, you know, and who wants to be in the hospital longer than that? Because if you're in the hospital longer than that, something wrong. And think about yeah, I mean, that, that's when you start hitting critical situations. You got to rethink exactly. life. You know? <laughs> and now this is what happened when the government started leaving for COVID. That's a COVID. But individuals with COVID-19 and the fact that it was affecting a lot of machines. So they went, well, we got to waive it. Because now you're going to have a bunch of these older people who miraculously beat COVID-19 and got out the hospital. And now you're going to send them back to the hospital because they had a heart attack after seeing that big-ass bill. So they were like, all right, we'll start waving your call page. Now, um, hospital didn't use a Medigap that you can utilize. Um, they usually raise between like 30 to $50 a month. got to pay for your hospital stuff. So um, a lot of agents like, like us, when you work this for one carrier, you don't sell those. You just sell the MAPD. So then what happens is that person goes to the hospital and get hit with that bill. So now as more agents who are leaving the setting of this working for one carrier and they're out here selling more stuff, they have the gaps. Uh, they have the hospital then because all that does is cover your hospital stay prices that you would normally have to come out of your pocket for if you had a MAP. Now, if you have a sub, your med sub covers that hospitalization as well, but you're paying a lot more, plus you're still paying your Part B, of course, coming out every month from your check, and then you're paying about $300 for this. And again, if something does happen, it's covering your hospital stay 100%. So that's the difference. And that's what I think a lot of people, and I think that's just like, I didn't know that working for one carrier like came out a couple of years ago and was like, hey, and you do this broken thing and started running the FMO and was like, oh, wow, okay. Because we never talked about it because we never sold it. So a lot of the times that, you know, and even when we take those, those, those AHIP tests, you know it for that time, you pass the test, keep it moving. We do it every year, but no one ever talks about it because no one ever sells it. I never sold a cost plan or a Medicare savings account, but I know how it works. 
because the possibility of working on this side, I need to know how it works. If someone asks for it, oh, how does a Medicare cost uh, you know, plan work? How does a Medicare savings account work? What can I do with that? And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Because you start to realize, you know, we worked in this bubble where it was just you sold these type of plans, MAPs, that's it. You didn't really sell med subs, you didn't sell cost plans, you didn't sell Medigap uh, plans like the uh, hospital indemnities or anything like that, or division and dental stuff. So you didn't know. And, you know, maybe the CPAP you knew about because you ran across the people that was in it and you couldn't sell against it because they needed to keep the stuff in place because they needed to have these home care services done. So you were like, oh, okay. But that's one thing, like, um, you know, with the agency I work for and the way I train these people, I needed to know everything. So when they come across something like that, they know how to deal with it. They know how to help the person. And then sometimes, you know, you might not need to give them a new plan. You just need to show them how to work the plan that they have. And that's what we've been doing, you know. So, yeah. Well, Kareem, I, I really appreciate, man, your, you know, you know, just your benevolent nature, man, honestly, because this is a this is a demographic of people that, you know, 45 percent are dying right now in the hospitals. They yeah. may not know what's going on with, the, with, with with their health insurance because it changes, as, as I can see what you've been talking about. It changes a lot. There's such a broad perspective of things that are going on mm-hmm. within these plans. So many companies yeah. involved in these situations. And I really uh, appreciate the clarity and the fact that you care so much about this demographic and i just want to ask you like you know how do you become like the medicare guru man like how did this happen like where did you know did, did you go to school for this like you know how, how does it come about well what there, there, you are programs, about this? there are programs there are healthcare programs and if you remember when me and you met i was still back in school finishing up my yeah. degree um that's why i was you know always in that little cubicle when we were working for my uh my laptop or my tablet doing papers so I was trying to finish that up. Another job um, that I've had in my lifetime, audience. By yeah, the way. so you, you already know. You know how we both you know, work in it. They're like, this guy worked everywhere. Like, this guy's Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I also worked with Kareem back in the day. Yeah. We did grind together. Well, oh, the man. thing about it was that um, uh, I just started. I, there was an insurance class and stuff. And then when I started uh, getting into different plans, when I left working for just one carrier, and I started was blessed with this, you know, position. Well, back it up. Prior to doing that, I actually ran a, um, a organization that was geared towards seniors. Um, so it was one of those organizations that I was talking about that was a risk model. So it was a risk model um, uh, uh, physician group. So I ran it out of Philly for a couple months, about eight months. And then um, I kind of found out a lot more about how stuff works because of what they accepted. Uh, they more or less was geared towards taking um, the HMO because it tied the doctor to that patient. But um, they also would take this additional fee for service Medicare as well. Um, I decided to do some more homework because I've been licensed in multiple states for, been in the industry for 19 years. I've been licensed in multiple states for the last 10. So I started looking into some of the things that we had in products. Um, and then when I came on and took this, as a, I mean, year and a half ago, it was a lot of information that I need to absorb really fast and how different products worked in different states and what they had. And we took our AHIPs every year. And last year was a really tough AHIP. So I had to read a lot more and understand it. And just going into the definition, beyond what we had to read the past test, but just to get that basic understanding. I came from a finance background 20 years ago, well, 19 years ago. And 
I knew any of them have uh, power options and um, uh, preferred stocks versus common stocks and the way mutual funds work and load, no load, and it's all the information. Like, I had a healthcare. It was one of those things. It was like, all right, I knew how to pick my own plan for myself. But I just wanted to get more knowledge and find out and started reading more books and doing more searches. Um, each carrier actually has training that they're supposed to supply for you guys. Um, uh, I just was lucky to work with a company that, that had all that really information available and to read it and know to understand it and then to be able to regurgitate that information out to individuals so they can get it. Because the terminologies themselves are very confusing to people. You know, HMO, PPO, what do they stand for? Uh, what is this? Quimby's, Slimby's, and what do those things stand for? What are they? And I was just like, hey, you know what? Let me break it down so we can actually make it a little bit simpler. And that is our job. That's our fiduciary responsibility as insurance agents is to make this information easy to digest and also to leave a person better off than when I first met them or leave them at least the same. So that's what I tell people, my, my agent, my, my quote oath is like, hey, when you get this information, be as truthful, upright, and honest as you can. Because I've had people that I've, I came in and saw them and was like, hey, we really can't do anything for you. You actually have to do that stuff right now. Uh, you just need to do this, make these calls, and it'll work out better. And they've been appreciative enough where they've called me back and said, well, hey, you couldn't help me. I know you get compensated by signing people up, but I have two friends that need this information that you can possibly help. So could you give them a call? And I'm like, well, by law, CMS law, I can't call these people, which is Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, but you can give them my information and have them call me. And then they can, you know, that's a consent to contact. And then at that point, you know, if we discuss, like, what we're going to do, then we have to go into the scope of appointment to talk about uh, the different variations of MAPD, med subs, and so forth, what we're going to discuss in the whole, and then we can actually sit down and do that. Right now, because of COVID-19, um, we can't really see them. They are the most vulnerable population. My company has developed some tools, and some other FMOs have them. I'm not going to say like Little Grand, or, but other uh, FMOs have it as well. But we've had a uh, application where you can actually do a whole face-to-face -face application remote, pretty much similar to like what we're doing. Um, but if a person doesn't have that capability of doing like a, a Zoom meeting or something like that, we can also do it uh, over the phone with them as well and get verbal okay. consent saying that, hey, um, I want this service and this person to sign me up. That will take a recording of the person's voice and say, stamp done. And in a couple of uh, weeks, uh, depending on when, you, when it's done, they'll be active the first of that next month. They'll get all the information in the mail, the uh, books, but how to utilize the services, their card, and it'll explain to them, you don't throw away your Medicare card, you keep it locked up. But when you go to the doctor, you present this card. And if you take my PPO or FMO, um, PPO or HMO, excuse me, FMO, then you'll let them know, like, hey, this is what we're doing and the level of service that you have. And then also, too, to say to these guys, when you have a person who's your client, call them. You're allowed to just do a benefit checkup. That's the one thing I do because what happens is a lot of times out of 10, you call a person and you do a benefit checkup and then you'll realize, like, um, something happened. Uh, they might be getting less money. Um, that extra income that they were getting or their pension ran out or something, you know, some things that kind of go now. So this person has been struggling to pay for their medications. And then you will, well, because you don't have this anymore, 
but I was a small fish and I ran out. You actually can qualify for loads of substance. We can actually get you some. You might be slamming to your Quimby eligible. And people don't realize, like, just to call your clients. That, that could mean the world to them because now, you know, they are struggling. They don't know. You call, you can help them. Okay. Especially during the remote times where, like, you know, you don't, you can't even yeah. go to the nursing homes or the certain locations where they are because they are the vulnerable population. Yeah. You know, you just want to let mm-hmm. them know that, hey, I'm here for you. You know, how's everything going? I think it's just a courtesy. Exactly. Just that courtesy helps, you know, the, the company mm-hmm. build that loyalty. I mean, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great training yeah. maneuver, to be honest with you. It does. I mean, I, I tell my people, just give, give a phone call out, see what's going on, talk to them. Hey, you know, how's everything going? You know, especially now, like, um, I always do it around um, after uh, annual enrollment period and when open enrollment period, like like middle open enrollment period, just to check, hey, what's going on? Because nine times out of ten, you know, as as agents and by CMS rules, you can't actively market or engage a person doing uh, open enrollment period. But if the person's already your client, you can just do uh, a benefit check. Like, hey, how's everything going? Just call and see how you're doing. Everything's good. And, you know, not trying to sell you anything, just saying hello, seeing how you're doing. And the person will tell you, hey, well, you know, this is what happened in the stuff right now. I'm ready to leave. I didn't realize that, oh, okay, well, let me help you. We can make a call to get that fixed. Or if you're not happy, uh, let me see what other options you might have that are open. Is that is okay with you? And that's it. That's what's up, man. Now, Kareem, we have reached that time, man. It is that time on the Angel of Words podcast, no, where we play five words with Angel. All right. There we go. Today on on, uh, five words with Angel, Kareem, Mm. I'm going to say one phrase. You're going to give me the first word that comes to your head. All right, my brother? Are you ready? I'm ready. Five words with Angel. Here we go. First phrase, MLTC. Manage long term care. All right. <laughs> Second phrase, first word that comes to your head. Senior citizens. My parents. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Eddie, I just celebrated 50 years uh, on Juneteenth for them. Married. Oh, wow. Man, well, congratulations to them. That's fantastic, man. I know how close you are to them. And, you know, God bless them. Give them my best over there, man. That's that's not I an will. easy feat to Thank accomplish. <laughs> that's one yeah. that I know I never will. <laughs> <laughs> Third third phrase, uh, Medicare for all. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Fourth phrase, carefree insurance. Uh, the university. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and now there's a curveball. Fifth phrase, Cam Newton to New England Patriots. Uh, it's not more of a... I, I liken that to uh, at the end of um, Endgame when Captain America gave Falcon the, uh, the shield. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't one word, but that's one hell of an explanation for what yeah. how you feel about Cam Newton go to New England. <laughs> Mr. Kareem Rees, man, thank you so much for being on the Angel of Words <laughs> podcast today. You you have no idea how great that knowledge is that you just bestowed upon us. And, you know, I hope that, you know, people really reference this conversation to really get a grip on what's happening with the senior citizens in their life, my brother. Thank you so much again, man. I hope everything thank goes well for you down the road. Anytime, and please anytime. keep in touch. Definitely Peace will. Peace out, my brother. Thank you. 
Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed our interview today with the Northeast Regional Manager of Carefree Insurance, Mr. Kareen Reeves. Now, if you want to continue watching, viewing, listening, tuning in to this Angel of Words podcast, don't forget to click on that notification bell on YouTube because it helps. You could also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see what I'm up to on my social media, follow me at Angel of Words ENT. All one word, all spelled that way. Folks, thank you for tuning in today. Talk to you later.